0: This is brian croft welcome to another edition of trench talk the podcast of practical shepherding but i'm not joined with jim sorry to disappoint you however i have a bigger and better surprise i have jim's kids here for this conversation so some of you know that uh, we were wanting to do a series on the pastor's kids for this month and that's what we're going to be doing so we're going to get to to meet jim's kids or at least most of them at this point in a moment. I want to remind everybody to go to practicalshepherding.com. If you want to access any of our resources, articles, you can go to the donate page and give a financial gift. That's always a help to us. Uh, you will be comforted to know that Jim is in the building and is listening to us, but he doesn't get to say anything. But don't worry, he's going to return the favor to me, interview my kids, and I don't get to say anything, regardless of what they might say. And I'm grateful that Jim's kids are here. I want to ask them. I've got, I've got David, I've got Aaron, and Olivia here. Three out of out of Jim's four kids, his, his other daughter just got married and she's living out of town and not able to be here. But trust me, I think you'll, you'll get the idea from these three for sure. You haven't gotten to know them through the years. So uh, I wanna first ask them to introduce themselves so you can know who they are. Kind of, so name, age, kind of where you're at and what you're doing with your life these days. So, David, can I ask you to go first?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, my name is David Sebastio. I am 20 years old. I am a junior at Asbury University. And I'm studying social studies education, hoping to teach in middle or high school.
0: And playing baseball.
1: I do play baseball for Asbury
0: yeah, as well. Excellent, yeah. well done, Aaron. How about you? Would you introduce yourself?
2: Hey, yeah. Uh, so I'm Aaron Sebastio, 29 years old. I'm in the middle of work transition right now. I was a nanny for the past year and a half due to COVID reasons, um, and I am going to be starting work at Ballard High School, working as an instructional assistant there. And uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Olivia, go ahead. I'm
2: Olivia
3: Berry. I am 26 years old. I am currently a stay-at-home mom. I quit work back in February, and I'll stay home with my almost one-year-old.
0: Excellent. You guys, thanks for being here with me. I know that this can be a little nerve-wracking and at the same time, an opportunity to voice what you've been dying to voice maybe for years, we'll just say. No, so we want to do this. We want to do a series on pastors' Kids because, you know, there's a lot of pastors out there that have no idea what their kids go through and when they're five six seven eight years old ten years old a lot of times they can't articulate maybe what's going on so one of the best ways to let pastors hear from pastor's kids is to get them when they're adults just like you and the fact that you still have a good relationship with your dad you don't hate the church that's a good starting point based on where a lot of pastor's kids end up unfortunately so appreciate you guys being here i want to i want to start with this what was it like i want each of all three of you to answer this David, I'll start with you. What was it like growing up as a pastor's kid for you?
1: Um, see, that's an interesting question to answer because it's really all that I know. Right. Um, my dad is at the church, you know, for years before I was born. Um, for me, it—I'd say like a, a large part of it has has been being like the only boy. Uh, as I was growing up, there was a lot of people who, who put this expectation on me to sort of carry on my dad's ministry. There would be times where we would have uh, father and son pastor duos uh, come to uh, the, the church. And so I would have a lot of people coming up to talk to me about stuff like that. That's really one of the things that has stood out about my experience being a, a, a pastor's kid a lot of it, though, is just you get to know everybody in a different way. Uh, people get to know you in a different way. There's people all over the world who know things about me that you know I've never met them before in my life. Maybe you want think, them to know about you, or, right? Yeah, you know, so, people yeah. asking me about you know I saw your game last weekend It was crazy. It's like okay, I like, guess, I mean, cool, but and you're, <laughs> and sure. you're in England where right, you're watching yeah, my baseball so, games, yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. Uh, it's it's. I guess it's more unique uh, when I talk to people who who didn't grow up in that, but like I'm sure my sisters have the same experience where that's kind of all we've grown up with. And so that's, that's what we know. It's good. Follow up
0: quick follow up for you. So as the only boy, did you, have you felt a pressure to have to be a pastor because, because of those moments of father, son, things that people have in mind?
1: Right. Yeah. So I would say it's never been a pressure put on me by my dad. Right. Um, it was, it was certainly other people around the church, and, and I know you know these are people well-intentioned, so I don't want to say anything bad about that. Right. But the way that I have, have viewed it as I've gotten older is that's a, kind of a dangerous expectation to put on somebody yeah. because it's such an important thing that if you're not called to it, it can be very harmful to yourself, to a church. Mm. And so I've tried to steer clear of that. Um, My dad has never really put that on me. I know he would encourage me if I felt that's what I needed to do, Right, but he's raised me in a way that I can identify other ministry opportunities, you know, wherever I work and and take whatever platform I feel called to. But that has been an interesting experience, especially as the only boy in the family um, where I've had a number of people talk to me about that from the time I was a little kid. That's helpful, man. Thanks.
0: Aaron, how about you? What was it like for you? You're the oldest, right? So, you're the oldest, what was it like uh, being a pastor's kid for you?
2: I mean, same as David, it's, I have not known anything different my entire life. So, you're going to get that answer from all of us, of course, because yeah. um, he started, I mean, the church constituted four days after I was born, yeah. and he had already been working there, you know, for every year. Um, so, I don't know any other life. Um, it, You know, when you're a kid, you don't realize that people live a different life than you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're just like, everybody lives like this. Um, But some fun things, just some family fun things, I guess, that I enjoyed. I always enjoyed that he had Mondays off, and we always had a special time on Mondays. Um, Not everybody who's a pastor's kid gets this, but my dad traveled a lot, and I loved that. And We got to go. He took time to make sure that each of us were able to go on individual trips with him and take time to go see really cool places. So at a young age, I mean, just those extra things that weren't even really about the ministry because I didn't fully realize what was going on, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So that part's been really cool. And like David said, being connected with people in a different way. Um, Sometimes there's, we might get to this later, but in our small circles, (laughs) very small circles, my dad kinda has a big name, so sometimes You don't he, say. You know I know this area. So by sometimes the way. I know <laughs> sometimes I would use that to my advantage when I wanted something somewhere. And other times I'd want to be completely disassociated uh-huh. so I could be just myself. I'd want to go visit churches and visit places and just be me and not Jim Sebastio's daughter. Um so that's the thing that depending on where you are, you do have this, oh, oh, you're Pastor Jim's kid. Mm-hmm.
3: Sometimes but I just it was really cool to know how to spell Sebastio at the conferences when people didn't realize you were his daughter. That's a that good is point. true. That is true. You're so cool. Wow. I do remember
2: one time being at a at a banquet where Russ Moore had spoken and I wanted to meet him so I said, "Hi, I'm Aaron Sebastio." And he said, "Oh, that's Jim's daughter." Oh, he knew. He did. He remembered wow. him from back in the day. It just thought, goes on and on, it? It does. It, it does. Your dad's fame. <laughs> but uh, but definitely other times i've you know you just want to be you so there's that there's a weird balance when it comes to that quick quick
0: story story that's really fun you guys Uh is i walked into a coffee shop several months ago wearing my practical shepherding mask and some some guy stops me says oh are you part of that ministry? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm part of that ministry. He's like, do you know Jim? I listen to the podcast. I was like, I do know Jim, actually. I met him. It was a great moment. And also, I'm the other voice <laughs> no, no, on the podcast. Oh, no, I, I couldn't do it. wearing a mask. It, it was it was perfect. It was great. Besides, t- that way I, I get to hang this over your dad's head the whole time. You know, so it was it was good fun. So Aaron, thanks. So, Olivia, how about you? Will you introduce yourself to everybody?
3: Yes, I'm Olivia. Same answer as everyone else. Mm -hmm. I don't know any different. Um, I think young... Yeah,
0: being a pastor's kid. Yes, being a
3: pastor's kid. So, I would say maybe for me growing up, I felt, especially in Sunday school, like, I have to know the answers. I have to know the catechisms, which I didn't usually. Mm. Uh, (laughs) But I felt the pressure to know it because Uh everybody else is looking to me like... Or they probably weren't really, but I felt like they were looking up to me as the pastor's kid. Mm. Um, so it was this sense of having to feel accomplished. Um, I don't know if you all ever felt that.
1: I think that my poor behavior at a young age nixed all those expectations. <laughs> you're just killing <laughs> it. You're killing it from the beginning. Yeah, that's a good strategy. I was David, like, now that I was I like, about it. Four years old, and I remember <laughs> vandalizing the nursery with a bunch of crayons. And I think at that point, people were just kind of like. You know, we'll just see what happens with this one. Like, we're not going to hold him to any high standard. But
0: but Olivia, on the other hand, she's got to know the catechism. child, But I
3: didn't. Um, didn't. (laughs) I I pretended like I did. Um, So that was my own pride, not like an actual thing. I don't think anyone in my Sunday school class actually looked up to me Mm -hmm. in any way. Um, But I would say that for me was something I don't even know. I guess now looking back, I would say I struggled with, but then I just thought it was part of it
0: and something unique about being in the church right as a pastor's kid i'm
3: the pastor's kids and the rest of y'all aren't so
0: that brings me to this question do you did you guys feel an abnormal amount of pressure in other areas having you know being being the pastor's kid that like olivia's talking about that maybe there's another kid wouldn't have that same pressure i mean that was a great example can you guys
1: either want any of you think of another example of that i i would say that i think you know, while it's, it's right to serve the church in whatever way you can, sometimes we could have that happen out of a bad motivation. Um, You know, feeling like I probably should volunteer to help with this because, Mm, you know, like it's a, it's a bad look if the pastor's kid is just kind of sitting back and, you know, not, not doing anything. And, and again, it's one of those things where like, that's not the heart motivation that we ought to have for serving But oftentimes that's how it manifests itself. And I don't think you really realize that when you're 10. But, you know, as you you get older, I think it's better to, to sort of separate that thing and think of why am I wanting to help? What are my underlying motivations for this? I wanted to say,
2: though, I think that when it comes to these questions of pressure and how should you live up and all these things, it never came from the home. I mean, my parents definitely raised us to, you know. Well, I didn't say raise us to be godly if we weren't Christians yet. But they, they, like they raised the us church, in a godly way. Serve yes, a church, in a serve yeah. way. But I think that if my parents were just still who they were, but they my dad wasn't a pastor, I know that's who my mom is anyway. And that's who my dad is mm-hmm. anyway. And were they doing other jobs and doing something else, I think we would mm-hmm. have been raised in the same way. So I don't think they ever gave us the pressure of, you're the pastor's kids. People are looking to you. You have to do this. If it did come from somewhere, it came from outside. outside it yeah, definitely came right. from outside. It was never from them um, again, raised us well, but that would have—I think—that was them being good Christians and mm-hmm. not being. They never projected a "we have to look this way because we're the pastor's family," um, which I'm really thankful for because I think that that pressure would have been something that would have actually really affected me had it been coming from them. Yeah, But right. coming from outside sources occasionally it did when I was a little bit younger, but then when I got older, I just thought, oh, you know, (laughs)
0: whatever. You guys bring up an interesting point in that uh, there's a lot of pastor's kids feel pressure from inside the home, Mm -hmm. right? which doesn't sound like you all felt a lot, which is great, but then there's that pressure outside the home. So a lot of times the pastor's kids feel the pressure from both sides, and that's where it really gets to be difficult. I'm thankful, not surprised, by the way, since I know your parents well, but I'm thankful to hear that they... You know th- that you didn't feel the pressure from them as much as you felt it from outside the church so let me <clears throat> yeah, go, ahead. go ahead i was just
2: gonna say so if this is for pastors that's something that we would uh, tell them to be mindful to their kids there's yeah.
1: two levels of pressure that come mm-hmm. from two different places right and, and they, they go, go together, together a lot of times i so. think there's there's a balance that needs to be struck there as in like you don't as as parents you don't want to raise your children neglecting teaching them how to serve in the church right yeah but also you have to be mindful of you know why you're doing it again you know like are you are you trying to present this as an image are you pressuring Mm -hmm. your children to look a certain way outside of you know who they are and uh so i think our parents did a really good job with that and not making us feel as though you know this was because we're pastors children but because we're believers in the church yeah that's good it was by it
3: was shown by example. It was never Mm -hmm. dad being like, because you're the pastor's kids go set up the chairs. We would see him setting up the chairs. So then you would learn. Or you'd see my mom bringing a meal to someone. Mm -hmm. So then you learn by example. My mom was never, I'm a great servant because I'm a great pastor's wife. It was just a servant's heart and a humble heart. And my dad had the same thing with, so you learn by example and not by saying, because I'm the pastor I'll do this.
1: Yeah, that's great. Very I'd nice. like to say off of that like with my dad's ministry as a whole, I was having this conversation with somebody recently. I think one of the things that's that's made his preaching more effective for my own life is that there's never been a disconnect between what I've seen from him in the home and what I've seen from him in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. If he's exhorting people to do something, he's doing it himself. Yeah. You know, and he is preaching these things from a position of vulnerability and understanding. And so there's never been a time where I've been listening to him preach and be like, that doesn't seem like what he lives like at home. Yeah, right. You know, my dad has has been loving and caring at home and for people like we get to see sort of the behind the scenes of all the counseling that he does and people
3: over all the time. Yeah, constantly hosting Sunday afternoons, Um, even I don't know if I've seen this in any other household. Maybe I have. Every Sunday, my dad does the dishes after preaching on Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. even if we have guests over. And that's just an example of serving. Yeah. And I think a lot of, no offense to men, a lot of men especially don't tend to do that, and Come especially on, pastors. You sure about that? Yeah, you will. Right. Um, <laughs> it's the sense. I don't. I don't think any of them would actually say I'm too great for this or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to accuse them of thinking that, mm-hmm. but just that example of servant. Uh, serving like david was saying what he's preaching we also saw in the home and it wasn't anything yeah sitting there uncomfortable thinking oh he doesn't live this way at all yeah. we saw it our whole life and so it was very natural hmm. and you know he believes what he's preaching
0: yeah that's great that's helpful to hear you articulate that because i think we've already hit two of the really major ways that pastors kids suffer mm-hmm. in pastors homes in a way that sounds like you all had a pretty positive experience at least in those areas let me pivot this way though i want I want you to let's do one and then the other. I'd like you to maybe articulate one, each of you pick one thing that was particularly hard about being a pastor's kid and particularly uh, was a particular blessing about being a pastor's kid. So, so this will be scared. hard, but you got to pick one. <laughs> <or> we am going to go around all three of you. So what, let's, start with, let's start with, what start start was what was uniquely hard about being a pastor's kid. And then I'll go to what was a blessing after. Let's go around first. So David, will you go first? One, pick one thing that was a particularly hard for you as a
1: Yeah, I mean, I've already touched on some of this stuff. We've talked about the pressure of it and all that. I would say uh, from a different angle, as somebody who I have a very close relationship with my dad and care about him a lot, I would say it's very hard to see the taxing side of pastoral work. Um, Really, like, you know, uh, the people, like the wife and kids of a pastor— have the best view of it out of anybody in the church, because, you know, we get to see what it's like when they come home. Yeah. Right. So I would say seeing the, the stress or the, the difficulty that my dad has, um, you know, caring for people in the church is hard to see as his family. I would say that's, that's a difficult side of, of being a pastor's kid. Thanks David. That's good. Aaron, how about you? You gotta pick one. (laughs) Uh,
2: okay. So I agree with, I agree with David. Um, on that which i also will just say quickly is a sign that you have a good pastor as a father because not everybody bears those burdens so well without like complaining about people and spilling all their like life secrets um i think especially as a kid and i might be taking what you wanted i'm sorry olivia but you can elaborate would be uh just getting called away all the time yeah and again that's just that's a family thing and you understand it like he it wasn't like he work was more important, but sometimes things would just come up and you'd be doing something fun and you'd be sitting down to eat and you'd have to be called away for yeah, some other crisis or counseling thing and it'd, it'd be hard to, that was difficult sometimes to deal with that and not uh, be upset at those people or even just the situation in general, yeah. especially when I was younger.
3: That's
0: a good one. Thanks, yeah. Aaron. Olivia, what would you add to that?
2: Mine is more petty.
3: It was staying it. late for Sunday night oh, instead yeah. of just driving wow. home. Oh, yes. As wife, <laughs> thank you. wife, the elephant in the room has been put on the bed. Yes, <laughs> thank yes. you. Because That's we'd it. we sitting there and we're like, why aren't we at home? We live seven miles away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. Can we, can we here figure anymore? out a bike trail or something? Yes, yes. So Pastors' wife's drive your own minivan because somebody <laughs> will want to talk to your husband, even if he says, "I don't have any meeting schedule." Oh, As you're walking out the door, someone will say, "Hey, pastor, I really need to talk." I you almost know
2: threw something at somebody once when he said he was going to talk to my dad. It
3: was 10:30 at night. It, it, it builds would have been his third meeting of the night. It, yep.
1: it builds a lot of character, and I will say it's a good way to make sure all your kids get really close. There's a certain level of bond that we've all achieved on these late. Hungry nights hanging out in Walking around the parking lot, whatever. It At is.
0: any point, did you guys like pack dinner? You know, kind of. Knowing no, you, you would think late. that we would have learned. but yep. we apparently
3: never did. Yeah, we'll see, we <laughs> talked some snacks in your bag.
1: We, you know, you then it just she went
3: through a phase where she made pancakes for literally everyone in the church. And yeah, and like she would be like, "I'm going to make pancakes," and it kind of caught on. Oh. And she'd be in the kitchen for like three hours oh, after you know. church making pancakes for people as they walked by. That didn't last too long. So yeah, so two things
2: there: one, that. wife of young children just. Yeah, drive yourself to when your kids are older they can take care of themselves like don't be like us drive yourself don't
1: (laughs) we still don't even even if your
2: dad is an amazingly trying to be honest good intentioned man like our father is he's probably wrong and he probably will have a meeting
1: it's it's true we just we just like really commended our father for not complaining about the people in the church and how well he bears you know all the (laughs) ministry and we're like but man, like it. But sometimes it's, we are somebody, not that that strong.
3: You're there watching. You're like you met with him last week and the week before, the week before is he giving different advice each week? Or are you just not listening, buddy? That is,
1: that's a wonderful,
0: <laughs> that's a wonderful <laughs> question, Olivia. That could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right,
2: sorry, we're going off on what you told us not to do. No, no, no. This is oh, good. I use no names. We have a
0: list now of things we can add to another topic. <laughs> yeah, we might reference you if that's okay. Do we were, the
2: person that I said I was going to throw a basket at, I told him I was going to it right away, and we're friends, so it's all good. He, it wasn't like a violent throwing.
0: No, no, it's okay. I, I can. Just I can, for people who are listening. Just so you know, you will find <laughs> yeah, no, great but... comfort that my wife discovered what you're talking about really early on.
2: Good job.
0: My, we never drove to church together on Sunday nights, particularly mm. because she just watched me be there for. She's a wise, ages. wise. Woman. She's pretty sharp. She's yeah. pretty I'm sharp. married
3: and with a child, and if we decide to go to my parents on Sunday night, we still leave when they do, and I could just leave Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i still we still have not learned so (laughs) learn from
1: us seems like it's mostly on us at this point (laughs) it's on us
0: okay so let me pivot to uh blessings so pick one what what was what was maybe a unique blessing that you got as uh as the pastor and it can you know it can be it can be something that was in the church experience it could just be something outside whatever it might be whatever you want to say but maybe pick one unique blessing that you all had for being a pastor's kid so i'm going to go backwards this time how about Mm -hmm. that olivia will you go first
3: I think one thing is getting to know other pastors um, because they'd be staying in our home. So you get to see a different side of other pastors that you hear preach and then you get to see them in your home eating pizza or eating meals with you. And that was just a fun thing to get to know pastors from all around the world. That's and great. a unique
0: way. Will you pick one? Will you mention one that you enjoyed getting Pastor to meet? Pastor Hughes. Yeah, he's the greatest, isn't he? Hands yeah. down. Yeah. No offense <laughs> to No, no. No, <laughs> I completely agree with you. Everybody's listening to Pastor Hughes across <laughs> the Yep, I agree with you. He's the greatest. Erin, so. uh, how about you? One, one blessing for you.
2: I look, you took a really good one. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I do think that we do have a unique way of getting to know people, not just pastors, but other people in the church and, um, again, traveling and. We had pastors in our home, or we got to stay in other pastors' homes, and um, that's that's really cool. And it's cool to be meeting, like she said, Christians from around the world. And I don't know. I just I don't have much more to add off the top of my head. But I definitely agree with what she said.
0: Well, and you got you guys got to each of you got to travel some with your dad, right? And, mm-hmm. and he and he went to a lot of pretty cool places and stuff. So yeah, that's pretty neat. Thanks, Aaron. David, how about you?
1: One blessing for you. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff you could say. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to try to figure out like, what's a blessing about being a pastor's kid in general and what's just a blessing about being a Sevastio kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, our parents true. are pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. So, I think it's it's nice as far as uh, like benefiting from preaching that you kind of have like a little bit of like a, a cheat guide. If there's something you don't understand, you can ask him about it later, mm-hmm. and he gets to like he'll expound on stuff that we talked about during the service at at lunch. And so you have like a, a great resource just as somebody in the church uh, being in the same house. Yeah, those are great, you guys. Thank you. So I want to I want to uh,
0: shift this way because. Uh, not only has your dad suffered a good bit in the last several years physically, um, and and I bring this up because there's a lot of pastors who who struggle and that you know suffer in different ways. And a lot of times this is brought on just by the rigors of decades of of ministry. I think that's the case in part with your dad. And but he's but he's talked about his he's talked about some of his struggles on this podcast. So I want to be able to bring this up and kind of connect dots, but you guys, are, you know, family's the one that really gets impacted. You know, the church may be, but family more than anything. So it's, I know this is a bit off script. I wanted to ask you guys, what, what kind of, what kind of impact has it had on you guys watching your dad, you know, who's kind of known as a mach- for a long time as a machine and always going and, and, and this had to slow him down a bit. And all of us have known him well, you know, for a long time have, have had to uh, kind of reset in the way we, we see that. How has this affected you guys watching your dad physically struggle like he has and him having to make adjustments and impact on your family? Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of remember when it all started. I was probably about 11 years old when my dad had his first heart attack. Oh, yeah. And uh, that has has been something that's like really sat with me for a long time. Um, I know it's changed his ministry a lot in viewing, you know, any sermon could be the last one that he's preached and he talks about that, which is kind of morbid when you're his like 11-year-old kid and yeah. you're like, don't say that. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, we talk about something else. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and so I think at the time it seemed like a very random thing to me. But as I've gotten older and, you know, the the stuff with Bell's palsy and his kidney stones, like every one of his health issues is stress-related. Um, and so I know that it's it's hard on us as his family watching him go through that stuff and desiring him to be able to rest, but I know that he also feels conflicted with the sense of duty to the church and to his ministry and, and what he should be doing. Um, and so that's a point where I feel like we would all come to a different conclusion than he would about how he needs to <laughs> take care of him, himself from you know like a stress standpoint and uh i know that's hard because he he cares so much about his ministry and the people in the church but yeah. i remember i was at college and i had just uh just played a, a baseball game and my dad was planning on coming down to watch yeah and i finished up pitching and i was out eating with friends and he he calls me and he's like man i wish i could have been there i, I love you i'll come down tomorrow and i'll take you out to lunch and i was like that sounds great and then, I like, 20 minutes later, I get a, an email from the church fellowship, mind you. <laughs> oh, no. Not from, like, a family member telling me that something is Which is always the best way to hear wrong. something about your dad, right? And yeah, I, so right. I was finishing up my food. I was like, well, this doesn't look good. <laughs> so I, I called my mom, and I was like, why is dad in the ER? <laughs> like, what we were just talking about, we were just making lunch plans for tomorrow, and now he's in the hospital. So stuff like that, or, I, like, uh, a couple weeks ago, he we had a, another... Uh, incident in the, in the hospital and I had just gotten back from a day trip in Nashville. And my mm. parents tell me like, tell us about your day. And I told them, I was like, I did all this fun stuff with my friends and, you know, I just got back and I was like, I had an adventure today. I went to the ER at four in the morning and <laughs> felt incredible pain. I was like, well, you could have led with that. You know, like I didn't, you know, so.
0: David, I had the same
1: experience, by the <laughs>
0: way, on that event, just so you Yeah, know, right? so
1: it was just one of those like, all right. So some of that stuff we've, me and my parents had a conversation. She was like. If my mom feels so bad putting this burden on us as kids, yeah, right. Yeah. which is a word to pastors' wives, we want to know. Like, we, we want to know things. Him. We oh. care about our dad. in general, as word, your kids you are getting older, yeah.
2: tell them when you're having problems, Talk, okay? talk to them about Excellent. things. Yeah, like- Olivia and I kind of, like, sneak behind. Sorry, <laughs> his, his
3: heart attack's not funny, but it's a funny story. When, when he had his
2: first heart attack years ago, <laughs> apparently my mom told Olivia, don't tell anybody. And Olivia thought... That oh, she kidding. she thought that included me because I oh. was at work. And Olivia, thinking it included me, was like, no. And she texted me and was like, I'm not supposed to tell. But Dad's in the hospital. He had a heart attack. Wow. And dad was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago. I did the exact same thing to her. I said, Mom and Dad aren't talking about it. But you need to know Dad was in the emergency room this
1: morning.
0: Now, these are the family dynamics we needed to come out of. Okay? Right. So thank you. For- well,
1: that's the, that's the thing. is My mom was was asking me. You know, she like, sat down she was like, so is that something that you want to know? I was like, yes. Like <laughs> yes, very much so. I would That's like good. to know like after I just finished this conversation about my day trip, she was like, yeah, and by the way, dad could have died today. I <laughs> well, was like, okay. When he <laughs>
3: had Bell's palsy the first time, someone from the church texted, hey, is everything okay with your parents? I was like, yeah, they're great living yeah. life. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I should check my email. <laughs> right. And then I
1: yeah, got that's, that's the thing is, I don't dad
3: was in the hospital. I was like, oh. I know that there was... backtrack from you know, that text where I was like, everything's fine and dandy.
1: There's my extenuating <laughs> circumstances at <laughs> so, times, obviously. Stuff happens with different people, but by and large, as a general rule, I would prefer to find out about things from my parents rather than a fellowship email. That's safe, David. That, that's, <laughs> so, a, that's, just, <laughs> that's a fair thing. I think, Maybe there will be a time that that changes. <laughs> that but changes. yeah. So, oh. yeah,
2: I guess going off of that.
0: Yeah,
1: Aaron, let me go um, to you. Okay, so,
2: pastors... Good, good pastors that Give you know and again again, again I think that this is this is something to be said for who he is as a person as well because he deeply cares about people um I would hope that all men who go into ministry do so because they love the flock and they love God's people mm-hmm. not just because they're trying to be important or smart or even just because they like like talking about the Bible like that's not a reason to go into ministry um So there's going to be that struggle where you go in because you love people and then people are going to hurt you and it's going to be stressful. Um, But because he does that and he really, really does care, um, all those things are really going to weigh on him. And so as a pastor, yes, you have a responsibility, but you might also have a responsibility to them to take a break and take a rest. So... We're all excited that he's taking a sabbatical. Um, all of us have been telling him to do that for yeah, a really long a good, time. This is good. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't tell somebody not to care, obviously, but uh, yeah, do, do take care of your health in as much as you possibly can. Um, it, it, it,
0: now, how did this? Imp- how did it impact you personally? as far as it, Watching your dad so go through this. Stuff? There's
2: gonna. Honestly, we all struggle. I know we all do. We all struggle with uh, not being upset at. Circumstances in the church that sometimes probably didn't really
3: cause a heart attack, but in our mind it, it did. So it, I, think, it I think I think, think that no, like you know
2: there's there's the the facts of things that we know stressed him out, and people and situations that we know were very hard. And then in our own sin nature, we really want to blame them. Yeah, and it's yeah. very difficult sometimes to have a good attitude when you're like these people did this. Yeah. And then like you see them sometimes and they're like, how's your dad? And you're like, how dare you? You're the reason he was in the hospital. <laughs> and it's it's difficult. Mm. I have to, I have to work on that attitude. I really that's- do. So that is an impact. Um, I know you said to keep this to pastors, yeah. not to the church. Yeah. And um, again, that's, but that's, that's
1: something that's, that's our own observation and not something that he's no. yeah. my dad oh, yeah, has yeah. never blamed well, anybody for anything. Oh, no. This is know, this I is just want to clarify this, that. This is why I wanted this is good to hear
0: from you guys because that's what I asked was the impact this had on you all as you're what and you're making the natural connections that I think are legit. That, you know, and that's what I really want to why I want to bring this up. That pastor's health is connected directly to not just the stress, but but the amount of stress over decades. I mean, that's exactly what. And I think we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, I would say yes, that, yeah. you know,
1: like, like we pointed out that if you are not stressed out, I would say you're probably not doing your job entirely correctly because there's in dealing with people, Aaron and I, we've all had experience working with kids. If you care, there's going to be times where you're stressed out. Yeah, and that's, that's just good. how it is working with people. That's good. Mm-hmm. But there also needs to be time taken to to take care of yourself. And to ensure that there's people around you to support you. I think my mom has been such a wonderful example of that. And like, she's such a big part of my dad's ministry in the way that she cares for and encourages him.
0: It's mm, good. Olivia, can I, anything you want to add to just the impact that your dad's health and things that have happened? Okay, that's all right. A lot's been said. so That's good. L- last question, you guys. Um, th- thank you guys for, for joining. This has been a really fun conversation. I want to ask this final question. Um, if you So um, I envision a, a pastor right now who's got, you know, he's maybe got three kids that are in grade, you know, toddlers in grade school, and he's slugging it away in his ministry, and he's listening and, and wanting to just hear advice from any pastor kid that would to be able to help him know how to Maneuver this the next 10, 15 years. Any of you all have, maybe pick one piece of advice you would want to share to a pastor, based on your experiences, that um, that might help him to know how to care and look for his kids, love his kids well. And it could be anything. You could repeat something we've talked about. Olivia, I want to let you go first.
3: So, I think Aaron briefly touched on this. Uh, every Monday, my dad would take off work.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and so that was just time, one-on-one time with him. He would take turns taking us out for breakfast or taking us... Um, like, you know, taking us to get a haircut or just spending time with us. And not only did it give my mom time to rest from Sunday because as the pastor's wife, she had to sit with all of us for years alone in the sanctuary where yeah. other people have their husbands to help with the kids. It was just her. Uh, and my dad would just take time to be with us, whether that was watching a movie with us, whatever it was that was special to us. It wasn't something for him. He served us by doing something individually mm-hmm. unique for us. Yeah. Um, I can count, I don't even know how many times where we would come home, there'd just be, you know, your favorite piece of candy on your bed or something, just something to know. So, you know, dad was thinking of us yeah. or a text that, you know, Hey, I'm praying for you today. Once you get older, you're in high school, um, hmm. all types of things he would sit down to read with us, not just devotions, but you know, other books too. So we really had a connection with him and I think that's important That's great. get mm-hmm. to know each child individually.
0: That's great. Olivia. Thank you, Aaron. How about you?
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going to say, too. I mean, obviously, that's, I think, general parenting advice. But I guess when you are caring for, like, know, 100 plus souls, you can, your kids can get lost. So taking the time to really spend time with us, super, super important. Um, also, I think that he lived in a way that wasn't, like, a pretentious, like, lording it over us way, which, again. Good parenting advice. But especially as a pastor, I think that sometimes men can have this tendency to always want to be right or be worried about maybe their authority being questioned or something. And he was never like that. I mean, if we had questions, uh, whether just about life or Bible, and we said, hey, I see this in this verse. And why did we not do this? Or can you tell us about that? He was always um just answered us. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were respectful. Like, I mean, we're, you know, we were just pretty respectful kids. Um, But he also... He's never like, why would you say this? You know, like, and that's really wonderful. And I think that that tends to be something that plagues people in leadership, Mm -hmm. male or female, whoever it is. They feel like they have to, like, uh, protect their spot. And he wasn't like that. And that opens up a really healthy home. So that's good. That's
1: great, Aaron. Thanks, David. How about you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the the personal connection aspect of it is such a huge part of it, you know. And um, for me, I mean so many times you know playing baseball my whole life my dad would take weekends and he would do extra work at the office so that he could travel with me and always wanted to be there for that and he would always he would take off work early on a beautiful day to to go throw me batting practice and there have been times where he's had his head on his shoulder making a phone call while he's throwing with his other hand you know he he's still doing his job but he's also taking the time to uh to connect with us individually i think uh, another part of that is um like they were talking about, uh, from from the more church side of things, is that he's always encouraged us to come into our own as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved away for college, I was the first of the four kids who left for school. I was out of the house, and so it was the first time where my faith was really my own. And so as I started visiting churches, my dad was there to talk to me about it, but he never imposed. He never, you know, was telling me what I should and shouldn't be looking for. He was helping, you know, he wanted to, to know where I was at and encourage me or find it, you know, help me find a place. But he allowed me to kind of go through that on my own Mm -hmm. without saying like, this is where I would go. This is where you should go. He allowed me to sort of uh, come into that on my own, which has been super beneficial for me in discovering what I like about a church. What are things that I actually look for? What's most important to me? Um, and because I've been in the same church my whole life, I, I've had a skewed view of that. But now mm-hmm. I've gotten to, to visit so many places, and and he's been encouraging and not imposing at all. And so I think that's another thing to be mindful of as kids get older, especially.
0: That's great, David. Thank you, guys. Well, well done, you guys. This is really fun, <laughs> yeah, well, by the way, fine. just to get to uh, talk with you guys and watch you grow up and <laughs> hear your wisdom. Uh, has been really, really fun. And, and I can assure you this is going to be really helpful uh, for pastors. So want to take a minute as we close it up, and I want to pray for you guys, and and want to pray for the pastors listening to this, that just God will take what you guys have shared and be a help, okay? Lord, thank you for for David and Aaron and Olivia, and uh, we pray, Lord, that you would bless them as they pursue the individual things that they are pursuing in their life now. Thanks for uh, sustaining them and caring for them through the challenges, uh, the unique challenges of being a, a pastor's kid and growing up in a pastor's home. And Lord, I thank you for the blessings, the, the joys that that they have experienced in being in uh, their home that they grew up in. And thanks for Jim's faithfulness and so many things that he's done with them. We ask, Lord, that you would use this conversation to all pastors listening to this who have kids still in the home, maybe kids that are grown, and something's been said that might uh, move them to want to go and touch base with their grown child to, to talk with them about it. However you want to use this, Lord, we pray you would use it in whatever way you would see fit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.